0: Jesus you know Jesus Jesus declared in John 1010 10. come on you know the verse yes I've come to bring life and life abundantly amen the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but I have come to give life I've come to bring life I have come to bring life and you know it's such a you know, it can be such a throwaway catchphrase, and it, but it shouldn't be because it is truth. But Jesus is the answer to the problems in this city. Jesus is the answer to the problems in this in this nation. He is the answer. The problem is partly is that Christians have been a poor representation of Christ, and so people have just gone, "No, we don't want anything to do with that," because we've been such a poor representation. And that's why it's time for the church to come low. That's why it's time to, to come to from a place of worship him and let him change our hearts. Let him change us from the inside out. Because as he changes us from the inside out, we we become a better representation of who he is. Amen? But he is the answer. And I don't think we realize, you know, what's actually happening. We had Guy and Rosalind around last night and he was telling us of a, of a pastor, guy that he knows from... It was India, wasn't it? With like 30,000 people. Indonesia. From Indonesia with like 30,000, you know, people um, in their fellowship. That's a good number, hey? 30,000. You know, but he came back into Australia. So he's living in a Muslim nation under Muslim law with all that kind of stuff. And he was so horrified to see that, that he is freer than what we are. That's a man that's living in a Muslim nation was horrified to see the freedoms in our nation that have been eroded. He's freer living in in Indonesia. They can celebrate Christmas, they do Easter, they do all kinds of stuff. You know, nowadays we've been told that, you know, we can't do Christmas and all kinds of stuff. You know, I think that train is actually on the third whistle and I think we've actually got to get on board right now because... It's too late after that. Jesus came to bring life, an abundant life. He is the one that, that heals. He is the one that sets people free. He is the one that changes lives. He is salvation. Amen. You know, John, John. well, I, I label the gospel of John as the intimate gospel. The intimate one. Because he was the disciple that Jesus loved. And he was the one that that laid his head on the chest of Jesus. So I call it the intimate gospel. And and as you read it, it's it's all about worship and it's all about connection and it's all about relationship and it's all about these things. But John mentions life a lot. Obviously, we've got John 10.10. Then in 11.25, he says that Jesus declared that I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, lives. If we're concerned about where we go when we die, we just need to read that verse. And we need to understand that just as the thief on the cross, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Even though we die, we live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Why? Because we're spiritual beings. Do you believe this? Oh that's what he asked the question. Sorry, yeah. In John fourteen six he said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. There is no other. You know, and we've got to grasp that we can't be ashamed of Jesus. We can't be ashamed of what he says because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He is the only way to God. There is not many ways. There is just one way. He he is the way, and he is the truth. There's not many truths. There's just one truth, and he's a person, and his name is Jesus. And he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us, and he is the Spirit of truth, and he will guide us into all truth. Come on. This is resurrection day. Woo! Ain't no mask going to let us down, put us down, smother us, whatever. Come on. We could probably sing a song about that. Ain't no mask going to wear me down. Ain't no mask. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Do you like the one? <laughs> I can't tell whether the people are smiling or laughing or what. Shoo. <laughs> John 17.3, he says, this is eternal life, that they may know me. And we know that the Greek for knowledge is intimacy. It's not knowing about, but it's knowing. John speaks about life because Jesus is life. The disciple that Jesus knew so intimately and much of his gospel, speaks about life and love and relationship. And today God wants to encourage us about new life, about new covenant, about new wine because they're all connected. You cannot separate them one from another. And this is, this is what we've got to understand more and more. Christians have, have separated stuff. We've even separated aspects of doctrine and theology, we've separated things. You can't do that. It is one and the whole. We've got to understand that life and covenant and wine, they're all connected in Christ. It says this, this new life is in Christ. If anyone is, is in Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old is gone and the new has come. He is a new creation. You are a new. This new life is in Christ. In Matthew 27.51, when Jesus gave up his spirit, it says that the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And there was a violent earthquake and people began to arise. And there was a declaration by God that nothing shall separate me from my people anymore because Jesus has done it on the cross. We do not need to stand at a distance, but we can come near. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. And that's what so many people don't understand. They're preaching about a God, but they don't know him. They're preaching about Jesus, but they don't know Him, and you know him. And you know the difference when somebody knows Him, because you can tell it, two people can be speaking the same message, and one of it's like, oh, yeah, yeah." And the other one is like, oh. Have you ever experienced that? We've got to know him. All, all ministry comes from intimacy. The more intimate you are with Jesus, the more people will will understand that ministry. And that's why we've always got to guard that time. We've got to guard that time with Jesus. That Jesus has to be at the forefront. Jesus has to be the focus. Amen. This new life in Christ is powered by the Spirit of God. The way that Jesus made was empowered by the Spirit of God. Don't you love to read again in the book of Acts where there was the outpouring of the Spirit that was fulfilling the prophecy of Joel and it says, it will be in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Come on, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He, He was dealing with stuff that was in that culture where there was a separation of sons and daughters. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. The Holy Spirit wants to work in you. doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter what background. He wants to work in you and through you. Amen. I will even pour out my Spirit on servants, both men and women, and they will prophesy. Come on. The church grabbed this at the outpouring of the Spirit can you just put yourself in there where the Spirit came and there was tongues of fires and people were like, and there were and, and, and so many different tongues being spoken that as people came into that place, they were hearing the gospel in their own language. Come on, what a miracle. What a supernatural God. And there was an outpouring and they were just like, whatever they were really doing, it's like everyone said they're drunk. Oh, oh, I know, I must say. can you imagine what was going on in there bodies laying everywhere tongues being spoken things happening and people walk in and they go man these guys are drunk it's the new wine it's the new wine we don't drink of the old wine but we drink of the new wine the new wine of the spirit the new wine that brings life and covenant the new wine but the key to it oh hang on I'm jumping ahead a bit Anyway, I'm going to go with that. Bother the notes. The key to that was that they were together in one place. And we've got to understand that part of the key of the new wine is you can't find wine in one grape. It says in Isaiah 65 verse 2 that the wine is found in the cluster. The wine is found in the cluster. And God is wanting to press his people together, that which will pour forth the new wine. So people that think they can just live life and they're following Jesus, they are misguided because they've separated something out of the whole. And it was never meant to be that way. We are meant to be a a cluster of grapes. People will say all kinds of things because it suits them. But it's time we actually preach the whole counsel of God and I'm sorry if people get offended from time to time but I'm not really because it's the counsel of God. If you know people that are not in connection with other people, if you know people that are not in fellowship, tell them it's time to get right with Jesus and it's time to get right with their brothers and sisters in Christ because unforgiveness and offence has had too long a foundation in this city and this region. It has got to go. Every bit of bitterness, every bit of division has to go. It is time for Jesus to be Lord. Because he is the God of reconciliation and restoration. Amen. How did I even get there? Show. New wine. Phew. Ho. Oh. It's a new covenant. It's a new covenant. In Ezekiel 36, God has been just, I've just been in Ezekiel lately reading different passages of Scripture. i tell you what, there's some really cool chapters in 41, 42, 43, 44. Man, i tell you what, the difference between the Zadokites and the Levites. I think, man, this is prophetically speaking of the church today. The church is full of Levites and Zadokites. And, and you need to make a decision. Are you a Levite or a Zadokite? And some of you are looking at going, Tim, what on earth does that even mean? You see, the Zadokites were faithful to David during his reign. The Levites were not. They were still of the priesthood, but the Zedekites were the one that were faithful to David all the way. And it says, that the Lord says to the Levites, that you, that you, can, you can serve, but you can only serve the people. You, you, you cannot come near me. You serve the people, but the Zadokites, the ones who were faithful to David, you may you may come near and you may serve me at my altar. I just wonder. I just wonder if that is not a picture of heaven that we are, you know, Levites, um, like a priesthood in a sense that we enter in because it says in one Corinthians three, you know, that we that we enter in, but we lose our reward. What's our reward? Maybe it's ministering before the altar of the Lord as compared to just out there serving the people. Anyway, there's another message in there. Hang on, we'll go there another day. But we need to make a decision about whether we're Zadokites or Levites. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a Zadokite. I want to be faithful to Jesus all the way. Because I want to minister at his throne. Is there anyone else that wants to be up there? Where the Shekinah glory is and people are just there. Oh man, can you imagine that? It's a new How do I get there? Man, I'm going off hand today. Yeah, good, okay. <laughs> Ezekiel it is resurrection Sunday, come on. There's gotta be plenty of life in the building today. Come on. Oh. Ezekiel thirty six, I will give you a new heart. Did we get that? So often we just kind of, as I've said before, the problem with the modern day gospel is that we add Jesus to our life. You know, we say, oh, Jesus come into my life and we add him to my life and we still keep living the way that we live and we just kind of put the Jesus thing on when it suits us. Rather than the true gospel is I actually take up my cross, I die to self. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. And so we die to self and we rise again with Christ. That's why, you know, the baptism, you know, repent, believe and be baptized. It's all part of the whole package. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a heart transplant. There's something we need to receive. God, Jesus, give me a heart transplant that I would have your heart. You know, we, we try, we try, we try. We, we get stuck in try harder Christianity where we try harder. When he says you don't need to try, you just need to receive. Isn't it? I've got to try harder. I've got to try harder. Oh, I've got to try harder. No, 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 no. You've just got to learn to receive. And he gives us a new heart. And he puts his spirit in us. That's what He says, I'll put a new spirit within you and I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. Oh, And I will place my spirit within you and I will move you to follow me. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? What, 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 what moves you? What moves you? You know when your heart is moved... You know, when my beautiful wife is around, my heart is moved. When you see something happening and you go, that is not right, you get moved. In the same way he placed his spirit within you, then he will move you. We don't do things because we have to. We do them because we want to, because he moves us. And if we're in a place where we feel dry and crusty, that's when we say, Jesus, something's, something's gone on. Refresh me, renew me, renew me, restore me, God. Because there's such life in the relationship, amen? So he places his spirit in us and he says to live by the spirit, be led by the spirit. This is new covenant. We're not, religion tries to change you from the outside in. But the new covenant, God changes us from the inside out. How good is that? He's done it for us. But the thing about this new covenant is it's not a covenant that can be lived out in isolation. How can you love people if you're not with people? We've been made brothers and sisters as part of this new covenant. We've been made brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Whether you like it or not. Iron does sharpen iron. It does. You know, you've, you've, you've heard me reference this before, but I've got a good friend who's, who's on staff in a, in a missionary training college. And they have people come from all different nations in the Pacific, particularly, and, and uh, Asia. And they come into this missionary training college. And at the start, everyone's like, woo! Oh, it's so good to meet you. So good to meet you, Steve. Great to meet you. Great to meet you, Julie. Great to meet you, Carolee. It's, so, you know, people are really excited because they're meeting new people. But he always says about the three month mark that wears off. And it's like, oh, that's Steve. I just don't get him. Julie, like, what is with it? Carolee, like, I just, because they come from different cultures. They're coming from different nations. They're coming from different backgrounds. They're coming from different experiences. And they start to go, they start to go like this. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> now I know he's smiling. <laughs> so, But what do we do? Do we pull away? Or do we go, God, what are you doing in, in this relationship? What's in their life that I need? You know, the best, peop- the best part of marriage counselling or one of the best things in marriage counselling that I can give people is that, you know what, there's something that your partner is carrying that you need and there's something that you're carrying that they need. And so when things go like that, you can either go, ah, or you can go, you know what, there's something in their life that I need. What is it, God? For me, it's Bonnie's patience and a meekness and a gentleness. That's the church. A husband and a wife. It's a prophetic picture of Jesus in the church. The church is not a singular. It's plural. It's us together. Jesus didn't come to start a new institution. He didn't come to start a new business. He didn't come to start a new corporation. But he came to bring a new covenant marked by love. He came to bring the family that is happening in heaven on earth where or why have we made it over the years to be something that was never meant to be? It's time to get on the train and to be the family. Not just be a family that meets and loves on each other, but a family that goes out as a family and manifests family, shows family to other families that need Jesus. With me? I, I, I really believe in this love thing. I really believe in this love thing. Because after all, Jesus said, a new command I give you. And when, you, when, when, when Jesus says that, it's something to take note of, isn't it? A new command I give you. Ooh. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another another and by this by the way that you love one another as we receive his love and as we love one another in that love, by this all people will know that you are my disciples I don't know about you but that tells me that that's a witness why is it a witness it is a witness because society is broken and they're looking for a people that are whole it starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus Amen. The overflow of intimacy with Jesus is love for one another. It is. When I meet people, and sometimes I just have enough. Do you ever have enough? When people make all excuses for all kinds of things, but then, it, but then, in the end, you have enough. Have you ever felt that? No, As some, um, you know, people make excuses for all kinds of things. You know, but in the end, it's like, well, hang on a minute. Because you ask them how they're going. Oh, I'm going really well. You know, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm just going really well. My life with Jesus is going really well. And then you ask them about their relationships, whether it's their family, their marriage, their family, or their fellowship. And it's like, oh, no, no, my marriage is not going good. No, no, all this, you know, all this stuff no, 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 I don't fellowship anywhere anymore. And I go, well, how's your relationship with Jesus really going? Don't just tell me that your relationship with Jesus is going well, because I'm actually here to help you. I'm actually here to be a crutch for you, to actually help you in your walk with Jesus. Because a life of intimacy with Jesus is a life of connection with other people. You can't. He is the vine. We are the branches. So connection is so important. Amen. This new wine, there's something about this new wine. And I've already kind of gone there, so I need to, I was kind of going to kind of end with the new wine, but I kind of got the new wine bit first. That <laughs> the new wine is found in the cluster Something happens when the the cluster gets pressed pressed together. You know what? There's stuff happening in, in life. There's stuff happening in the world. There's stuff happening in society. Do we allow that to separate? Or do we say, no, no, we actually need to get pressed together? And as we get pressed together, something starts to happen. New wine starts to flow. Liz sent me a message a few weeks ago to listen to, and it was similar but it was different to this. What this guy was saying is that grapes, grapes, are nat- grapes grow naturally. They're natural. But the wine is supernatural. We can grow as a grape, we can even grow as a cluster and, we can li- and it can look really pretty. God wants to bring his supernatural wine. It happened on the day of Pentecost. Get a vision for that again. If you've lost the vision of the outpouring of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost, get a vision for it again. They were praying together. We don't, the church just, we, we, we don't understand the importance of prayer. And the reason I can say that is because there should be, in Bundaberg, there should be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Christians praying. Not just for five minutes in their bedroom, but actually getting together to pray. The early church, they gathered together in the upper room, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. They were in one accord. They had a Honda, and they're all in one accord. Sorry, that was a really horrible dad joke, wasn't it? Okay, but they're all in one accord, And they were together in one place and they kept praying and they kept praying and they kept praying and they kept praying. And yes, the prayer was something that God is highlighting in that, but he was also highlighting the fact that they were together. They were one. They were one. It wasn't this separation thing. They were together in one place. And the Bible says this oneness is important because the Bible says that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. So the opposite is also true. Where there is division... He doesn't release the blessing. And I think we've got to realize this as the church as a whole, that where there's unity, he commands a blessing. So we don't have to sit here and go, oh, God, please bless us. Because where there is unity, where there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit, where there is one, we are one heart, one mind, one voice. Where we are one, God commands a blessing. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to pour out my blessing. And so he did that at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was poured out and the new wine came forth. Well, I believe in my spirit that it's time for a new wine in Bundaberg to be poured out in this, in this region. And you know when I say Bundaberg, you know it means the whole region. I mean, I live in Bagara. It's part of the, it's, it's actually not part of Bundaberg, but it is. Anyway, another story. It's what we see in Acts. It's what we see in the book of Acts. There was an overflow; it could not be contained. When this cluster of grapes were pressed together and the new wine started to flow, it could not be contained. Are we? Do we? Do we get that? It it could not be contained. The government, the rulers, the principalities and powers could not contain it. No government edict could contain it. No demon could contain it. It could not be contained. And when the persecution broke out in Jerusalem, and they were like, yeah, now we're going to stop these Christians. The persecution actually scattered them. They scattered throughout the regions. But they didn't stop living for Jesus. And so the gospel started to spread in the midst of the persecution. The gospel started to spread. And in the same way, it's time for the gospel to start to spread. We need to drink of the new wine. We need to drink of the life and the, the covenant together. We need to let it overflow. We need to let it overflow. You need to let it overflow in your workplace. When you get one of those giggling times, you start laughing. <laughs> And your boss says to you, why are you laughing? (laughs) Why are you laughing? And you just keep laughing. You just release it. The hope and the joy and the life that you have in Christ, just release it. His glory is released. We've been talking about His glory and the glory of God and to be a cradle for His glory. And it says in John 17 that his glory is manifested as we are one. I would say let our lives be marked with new life. Why not have new life today? Have you been feeling a bit tired? Have you been feeling a bit drained? Have you been feeling a bit crusty? why not receive new life today that our lives would would, would be marked by a new covenant new covenant we are one you know there's so much in scripture man it's just, I don't think we realize that, I don't think we realize about the body of Christ you know i think i was reading a couple of weeks ago and man i was just like man we have just got to be so careful with our mouths you know he was Saul Saul was going around and he was persecuting the Christians. And he was doing all this kinds of stuff to them. And when the Lord appeared to him, when he knocked him off his horse, the Lord said to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, what are you doing to my people? He said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Any persecution against the body, against the body of believers is actually against Jesus himself. He takes it personally because he is the head. He's not separate. He's the head of the body. And so when the body is persecuted, then he takes it personally because he says, that's my people. And we have to be so careful, really careful. A new covenant. We are family. And somehow we've got to see more walls come down to see more people understand this. You know, this is, this is a safe place where people can be real. When people are going through stuff that they can put their hand up and go, I need people to walk with me. I need people to pray for me. I need help. This is a safe place where people can be real. And that's what the church should be. Not a place of judgment, not a place of, you know, condemnation. It's a place of being real. Jesus was real. His ministry was real. The disciples were real. Peter was really real. And that we would be marked by new wine. The new wine of his love, the new wine of his spirit, the new wine of his grace, the new wine of his glory, the the new wine that is found in the cluster. So what holds us back? Musicians, do you want to come up and yeah? What what holds us back? What stops us from stepping in more? What stops us from stepping into a deeper relationship with Jesus? If that's you today, what is stopping you from stepping into a deeper relationship with Jesus? Because He is so good, and He is so kind, and He is so loving. Whatever it is just needs to fall away. Just let that chain just fall off. Because he is there and he's saying, come. He's saying, just draw close to me. Feel my heartbeat." What is What is stopping you from being all that you are called to be in Christ? What's stopping you from walking in the fullness of his life, the fullness of his grace, the fullness of his glory? What is, what is stopping you? You know, we speak, I'm speaking to myself as I'm speaking to all of us today with an understanding that God has more for us together. God has more for us together. We don't want to put up an, um, some sort of edifice or idle thing and camp around it and go, you know what, these are good times. But... We need to go, you know what, I can see a picture where violence in marriages or relationships stop. I can see a picture where children feel loved at home, where its home is actually a safe place. I can see a picture where people don't need alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling to hide what's really going on inside. But I see a picture where people can be made whole. That's what we need to look at. Because that is the ministry of Jesus. And we can only do that together. You think, Tim, that sounds really like, you know, far out there. You know, the enemy wants to use your imagination for bad, for negative stuff all the time. The enemy wants to use your imagination for bad stuff all the time. You know, the classic example is when Jay rings me up and says, Tim, I need to talk to you. Then I start thinking, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen now? Oh, what have I done? What has he done? What has someone else done? What on earth has happened? A- Anyone else? Anyone else ever felt that before? You the you know, it's the enemy trying to play with our minds, trying to make us feel like all this stuff. Well, how about we use our imagination for godly things? How about we read Scripture and we start to dwell on such things about, you know, healed marriages and safe families and addictions broken and all this stuff. But we can only do it together, because you know what happens if there's four or five people do it; they just get burnt out. Because they're lifting a load by themselves that they were never meant to carry. If someone goes off and does their own thing, something eventually happens and they get discouraged and they stop doing it. We need grandmas and grandpas. We need mums and dads and we need kids because that's the family. I was thinking the other day, I'm trying to get I'm trying not to get too off track, but it's just popping into my spirit. When I was doing that latest admin thing, that admin update, and I was talking about leadership within Restoration Centre, do you know what? We've got three generations of people in leadership in some form. How cool is that? To have three generations of people in leadership in some form. That is so good. That is so good. So today we're going to sing this song and it's kind of not really quite what I wanted but it's kind of close because it says, Lord, make new wine come out of me. It's kind of like, it should be us somehow. It should be plural somehow. It's in the crushing, in the pressing, you'll make a new wine, bring new wine out of us, Lord. Bring it out of us. We huddle together in the spirit but just personalise it just, just for this moment and say God whatever is holding me back from a deeper relationship whatever is holding me back from being the full expression of Christ to others whatever is holding me back from stepping into that ministry whatever is holding me back from, from actually building relationships with other people whatever is holding me back today is the day Amen let 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 His resurrection power flow in you to break off anything that would stop you from living the abundant life the full life that Christ came to give Amen And if you need prayer this morning, then that's what we're here for. But I do sense in my spirit, because I had the vision, and I trust what the Holy Spirit gives to me, that there's people that are wearing chains. But you've got to understand that the link has been broken. Because Jesus broke the link. He broke it. And you've got to let the chains fall off. And the best way to do that is just lift up your hands in abandonment and worship. Because as you lift up your hands, things fall off. If you need prayer this morning, then the front, the altar is open for you to come. But let's worship Jesus. Let's worship Him today. Let. let